rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And of course, as always, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and send us a note, info at gallerypodcasts.com. Also, I'm going to say this at the top of the episode this week. Leave us a five-star review. If you enjoy listening, please, please leave us a review. We would love it. We absolutely would. I just want to, before we dive in, to comment on your gorgeous flowers fleece that you have with the Liberty <laughs> London. You're influencing me right now. I really, really want one. It's fr- it's Laura Ann, right? She designed Ann. the collection. Yeah, see the Liberty of London pocket print? It looks so cozy, one. and I know you're in Florida, but you're making me think it's very freezing there. <laughs> it's my staple because it's anytime it's below 50, this, is, this jacket is on me, and I will put the link in the episode notes for everyone to check oh, out. Oh, nice, and I will probably shop that link. Okay, <laughs> moving, moving forward. We have so much to talk about. I know we had the bonus episode for everyone listening on Tuesday. The news was so huge. We wanted to jump on and chat with you all, but we do have a lot to discuss again on Thursday, twice this week from us. But I guess we've just learned the lesson. Never say slow royal news week. We're not allowed to ever again. The latest- Or the word quiet. You can't say the word quiet out loud. Or the word quiet. We will be bringing you in this episode the latest on King Charles and his cancer diagnosis. Also, Harry's 24 hours in the UK. We were not expecting it to be such a quick turnaround. William is also officially back to work. Images are popping up of his evening event on Getty as we chat. And Kate is continuing to rest at home. And there's more we'll be talking about. Camilla, Anne, and what you wish you could bid on at the Crown Auction happening this week at Bonhams. There's so much, Roberta. I know. And we have to shout out our chat from last week with Charlie Thomas from Bonhams. That was so fun to hear about the ins and outs of the Crown Auction, which is wrapping up this week. I can't wait to see what everything goes for. Those prices are going to be through the roof. I know. I was keeping tabs on the revenge dress, of course. I'm curious what it'll go for. I know. And that carriage. I hope someone buys the gold state coach (laughs) replica. And where will they display it? I hope they tell us. (laughs) And take us for a ride in it. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Before we get into everything this week, we have to have a royal refreshment. No better time than this to sip something and chat about all the royal updates that have happened. So this week we are sipping in honor of the king, Charles's favorite drink, according to author Tina Brown. She wrote the Palace Papers, but also the Diana Chronicles. So Tina Brown says that Charles's favorite drink is actually a wet gin martini. It's equal parts gin and vermouth. And it's wet because normally if you order a dry martini, it's usually just alcohol, maybe a drop of vermouth. This is equal parts. Interesting. So I, I whipped this up and I like it better this way. I think I'm going to be ordering a wet martini from now on. I need to get involved on the martinis. It's not my Hop drink on of this choice. Train. Hop, Hop on, on this, this train. train. All right. Okay. Well, in honor of Charles, it feels apropos. How's your week going? How is it being home? It's so wonderful being home. I feel like especially in light of all this health news, it just really makes you appreciate when everything is going okay. And so I, I feel very lucky. And family and time, probably. Yeah, definitely a lot of family time with my niece and nephew. And I'm heading to a baby shower in South Florida this weekend. So that's the weekend plans and getting a little bit warmer weather, which is nice. Is that Miami? Does that mean Miami-ish? Or? It's actually West Palm Beach. Oh. So a little bit north of that. But yeah, so I'm so really nice. excited for that and maybe some pool time. Who knows? What about you and Matt? What are you guys doing this weekend? It was Finn's birthday yesterday. Yeah, it was. Happy birthday, Finn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
yes, he is raising six. my martini glass. Tonight. Oh yes, all the martinis in Finn's army. <laughs> in Finn's honor. Yes, he turned six yesterday, and we are actually having a party Aww. for him this weekend. Very very small though. It's just like a little intimate. I'm calling it an intimate gathering of six year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but I just we we kept it kind of small and and quaint and easygoing for us to organize. I get a little overwhelmed by the larger affairs for that age group. Is there a theme for his party? Magic. It's a magic show. Oh, so it should cute. be really fun. Yeah. Aww. I'm really looking forward to it because I felt like yesterday was his actual birthday and it was on a school day and a work day. And we had attempted to go to uh, the Natural History Museum with him in the yeah. af- late afternoon. And we picked him up at school and he was like, I just want to go home. Like, I'm tired and moody. And I was like, it's your uh, birthday. You can do what there, you want. Been there, yeah. Finn. So, I totally get it. It was kind of funny. Kind of anticlimactic. But we did cake and presents and stuff like that. So anyways, we'll celebrate this weekend. All right, moving on to our lovely listener note from Madonna. She writes, after we mentioned the Drake Hotel in Chicago, and there's a picture of Diana, of course, located there, she wanted to tell us about her own royal run-in in Chicago. So she says... Princess Diana was in Chicago to raise money for cancer research. This is very apropos for this week. And since cancer had hit Madonna's young family hard, her 34-year-old husband died of lymphoma in 1993, leaving behind two young daughters ages 6 and 18 months. She wanted to go and thank Diana for shining a light on the disease. Madonna writes, by sheer coincidence, two of my friend's husbands were going to be directly involved, one with security, the other as her chauffeur. That meant that Madonna knew where the Prince's Wales would be a bit earlier than the rest of us. So she pulled her daughter Shannon out of school, took both girls to wait outside the Northwestern Memorial Hospital in hopes of seeing the princess. She got there early. She even befriended some of the photographers who arrived a bit later. Very smart on her part. One of them gave the girls his vinyl press pass, which Madonna now has framed in her house. How wonderful. The crowds grew. So did the media presence. Her daughter was interviewed by a local TV station. But when Diana arrived, the princess was whisked directly inside. But still, they waited. Madonna continues, quote, while waiting, a protection officer walked over and said that Diana would be leaving soon and coming to our spot. And he was right. She walked right over, shook my hand, said hello. And dear God, I do not remember what I replied back. It all happened so fast. I could hear the camera shutter whirring from my new press photographer friend. My daughter, Nora, was squirming on my leg. It was so exciting. I remember marveling at how tall she was. Her jewelry was huge. My overall impression was that she was very pretty, normal, comfortable, down to earth. In other words, she was very human, which I guess was her greatest asset. There was another surprise. When Madonna's daughter's interview aired, she got a chance to hear what she said to the reporter. Why are you here? They asked. She said, because Diana is coming to do the thing for cancer. This was her daughter. So then she paused, swallowed, took a breath and said, and because my dad died from it. Oh, I know. Madonna said she was so struck because she couldn't hear over the crowds what the reporter asked her daughter in the exchange and sort of watch it and see her kind of have that stiff upper lip at such a young age and, and reveal that meaning to her was really meaningful to Madonna. And Princess Diana went on to raise over $6 million for cancer research during that one trip to Chicago. This is incredible. There's a picture here from Getty Images that we found of Princess Diana leaving the Northwestern Memorial Hospital. She's dressed in a white sheath dress with a chain of pearls. She has a beige tote bag with her, a gold little belt. Looks stunning as always. Glowing, really. (laughs) But it really, this listener note really does feel so apropos on the heels of all the royal news this week about Charles. And with the palace's transparency, you know, however limited that was, still so important to shine a light on cancer research. It touches everyone, it feels like. 
it really has affected so many of the royals over the years in various capacities and a lot of times unbeknownst to the public, too. So, mm-hmm. again, we'll talk about this coming up, but Charles's transparency here is so unique. Limited transparency, but letting the public know what he's going through. Definitely. And we promise we'll get to the royal news. But first, we still have one little thing from our listeners, which is the results from our informal crown auction poll. We asked everyone what they would bid on if they were able to bid on the crown auction, which you are still online until tomorrow, I think is when it closes. So from the comments, Roros wanted the royal jewels, all the royal jewels, the tiaras, the lovers knot, especially that replica. Of course, people want that. Also, a lot of requests for anything to do with Princess Margaret, like that wedding dress that Vanessa Kirby wears in that episode. But the best request from the Roro was Dominic West, of course. They'd love to bid on him. (laughs) If he were available, I think we'd all be bidding. I feel like that softens his feelings, hopefully, in terms of that BBC4 radio interview he gave that we talked about last week, where he had to like hide out for three days because of the feedback. People love you, Dominic West. Yes. We would bid on you. Now, this week in royal history. All right, this week in royal history, we are flashing back to February 5th, 2022, when Queen Elizabeth II released a statement on the eve of the 70th anniversary of her accession to the throne, where she said, when, in the fullness of time, those words I feel like make me tear up, Charles becomes king, it is her wish the Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla, be known as Queen Consort. This was such a huge deal. As a reminder, the definition of consort means partner of the ruling monarch. This got a huge reaction. Was Camilla deserving? Were we ready to let go of the past? Of course, the ghost of Diana is what left Camilla so reviled and for so long. Also, Harry had some pretty choice words about Camilla in spare. But here we are. It's only two years later, Roberta. So much has happened. I can't even process how much has happened since this statement came out. And we have Queen Camilla. We've dropped the consort basically at this point. And I feel like she's kind of the new Prince Philip, especially given the news of last week, Charles's strength and stay during incredibly trying times. What are your thoughts here? It's really been a progression, like you said, because it went from princess consort, which I think was really what they had originally said she would be called, to then queen consort. And finally, you know, just for ease of use, I think, for ease of speech and in print media, just queen now. So yeah, she's still officially queen consort, but in conversation, we just say Queen Camilla. It's shocking how quickly we kind of all had to get in line behind this. But I think with Queen Elizabeth giving her blessing, this is the only way this would have really gotten through. Yeah. And I think it had so much meaning to Charles at the time in particular, as well as Camilla. I think that it had just been such a long game and They'd been through so much. And I feel like just on the heels of seeing Camilla take on solo engagements daily last week, you know, this was when we thought Charles was fully on the mend, but Kate was still out of commission until after Easter and still is. I think just seeing Camilla step up, keep calm and carry on, and knowing what she's also managing with her own kind of reactions and mental health over what's going on with her husband, who, you know, the like it's the whole difference between duty and family right you know you have to kind of continue what you have to do for the crown but you also have to process your emotions over charles's cancer diagnosis yeah it must have been so hard to go through so many events like we touched on in the bonus episode too with people asking about king charles constantly and her kind of holding back and biting her tongue about the real issues that were going on, that they found out he had cancer, that he was starting to prepare for treatments. I think that's got to be so incredibly hard and such a heavy, heavy burden 
to do while in public too. I think about how many people's hands they shake, how much they have to remember about each person, how kind they are, how it's just, it's a lot to balance all at once. I, my heart goes out to them. I feel for them a lot in this particular instance and Camilla doing so, so much work to carry on the torch of everyone at this time. Because William and Kate, I mean, they're no longer in the picture either. Yeah, right William now. back today, but we'll, we'll That's talk true. about that. Yeah, a couple of honorable mentions we just wanted to get to briefly. February 6th is also the day that King George VI died in his sleep at age 56. So it's a very meaningful week for the entire monarchy and remembering that. On a brighter note, happy birthday, baby August. August Philip Hawk Brooksbank turns three on February 9th. We are thinking of him and Jack and Eugenie. I know I kept thinking Uncle Harry or Cousin Harry is in the UK for a short while. He should have stopped over for the party oh, this yeah. weekend for August, but I guess not. All right, we're going to get into that. So the first Royal News Bullet is just a little more about the King's cancer diagnosis and also Prince Harry's visit to Clarence House. We had not very much news about this at the time that we recorded the bonus episode, so we're going to do a little more digging about that. But first, I want to talk about the King's health history just because this is kind of interesting and I feel like this is all we know, <laughs> really, you know, gasping at straws for information right now. And yeah. we don't want to speculate at all, of course. And so we do know, you know, Charles had COVID twice in March of 2020 was when he first got COVID and also February of 2022. I, I was just reading more about King Charles. There was a headline about the sausage fingers thing that actually is sort of a health thing because it could be arthritis. It could be an infection. It could be allergies. It could be high salt levels. There's all of these reasons why his fingers might be like that. He himself has referred to them as sausage fingers multiple times while on camera, like hot mic style. So Charles also has a bunch of polo injuries. We know his back is very, it's been bad for a long time because of a disc issue. That was via spare that we heard he did headstands. Prince Harry wrote about that at Balmoral to kind of ease his back pain. So that's been troubling him for quite a while. We also know that Charles's grandparents, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, had cancer. King George had lung cancer and Queen Elizabeth battled both colon and breast cancer in her lifetime and lived to over 100. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. astounding her life. So there's that. There's also the fact that we also know that according to Giles Brandreth, who was a good friend of Camilla's, that Queen Elizabeth had bone marrow cancer reportedly. This was never confirmed by the palace. This was never confirmed. It was never told in the news. But reportedly had multiple myeloma, a form of bone marrow cancer. So really interesting. That was in his recent biography of her, and he was close to her as well. So we just know that there's been a lot of instances of cancer in the royal family. I do want to discuss with you, Rachel, Prince Harry rushing to see his dad. I mean, what did you think of this? Well, I know collectively you and I, our mouths dropped at the arrival and then the shortness, the rapidity, the... About 20, 45 minutes, I see conflicting reports everywhere of how quick their overlap was before we saw the king and queen depart from Buckingham Palace. Yeah, he touched down yesterday. He left today. He was in and out. He stayed at a hotel reportedly. He never, he didn't stay at a royal residence, which I think is very interesting given how many empty rooms there probably are for any of these palaces and and residences so i just find it fascinating he did see his dad though for 45 minutes so that is it's progress i guess we can say 
I know. And I think before I saw him leaving today, the optimist in me was like, he's still there. And they're like just kind of secretly keeping him at Sandringham and they are really trying to downplay the attention on it. But no, we saw him leave. I just do you think he acted impulsively and jumped on a plane? Do you think that this is like the bee, wasp and fly situation where people are protecting Charles's calendar? I just have so many Mm. questions. Or is it just not the focus right now? I mean, that makes sense, too. Harry does feel very impulsive as a person for me. So I do feel like this could be something where you just, like we said in the bonus episode, like you drop everything when you hear some news like this about your own mother or father and you go to their side. So I think that's really what has happened. I did hear just now that Roya Nika, a royal reporter who we're very familiar with, said the reason for the short visit was that Charles was really exhausted after his first that makes treatment sense for too. cancer. So I think that Prince Harry, you know, was there as long as they could, but then they probably were saying the king is tired. He needs to go to Sandringham. That's where he wants to stay for a little while. Downing Street was given permission by the palace to announce that Prince, that King Charles had a phone call as his weekly audience with Rishi Sunak. So those are continuing via telephone. They don't usually give that much information, but they said that the palace allowed them to this week. So he had the phone call from Sandringham. But no William and Harry meet up, it sounds like. I know. And I think I've been like really in my head about this this week, but I feel like it's just... A, William has a ton on his plate right now. Harry was there so briefly. It sounds like Harry would have, according to reports, been open to seeing William. But I think of William's point of view right now. He's taking care of Kate. He's now got the mental load of caring for his dad and that worry on his plate. He's got the kids. He's got public duties today. And you have this ongoing estrangement with his brother. I'm sure by choice, but also by like requirement, this wasn't an opportunity for the brothers to reunite. You know, they, the headlines, like just picture what the headlines would be. It would takes too much energy, I think. And I, I do feel like it's not, sadly, they keep reuniting under pressure with these circumstances as we talked about in the bonus episode. But I think William is not healed. Like this is not a healing moment for William and Harry. And those instances of them meeting under pressure, it always, always has been reported that Kate is the big peacemaker between them. And with her kind of sidelined and out of the picture for now, as she's kind of recovering from her own surgery and she's on bed rest, it does feel like that element of that, you know, her as the go-between is missing. And therefore, there's just no reunion of the brothers which I think is so sad in a way it's such a quick trip he was in London for such a short amount of time but I do feel like I mean Perry basically spent the same amount of time in London that he spent flying back and forth I know that's wild to me it's wild I also want to just add on when you mentioned Kate like the last I feel like major headlines about William and Harry were when we had the reveal that Kate was the royal one of the royal racists. Like, I just I feel like nothing has cooled between the brothers with how recent these negative headlines about William's wife have been centered around Harry. It's just the fracture is so, so great and it doesn't disappear. I actually got a DM from a Roro about this being like explaining how she was estranged from her father up until he died and they never recovered from it. And she just talked about how his illness didn't heal those wounds. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really, really awful, but I, you know, just something to think about. But yeah. And I think too, with siblings, like you and I always talk about our siblings, but like there is, and I I feel very close to my brother and I'm very fortunate in that regard. And I know you're close with your sister and very fortunate. We both are, but I do know of, other family members who are not close to their siblings and that's something that might never heal and that's 
devastating to think about, but it it's kind of common. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, yeah. it really is. And I think, you know, you love your parent no matter what. I think with Harry visiting Charles and actually seeing him for 45 minutes, that really is a lot of progress for him. Yeah. I think like that opens the door for more phone calls, more visits. I think people are talking about Harry really wants to be in London more often in the coming years. So, yeah. And I think it also like going back to the idea, was it impulsive or a grand gesture or something like that or or optics? But I don't even think optics. I feel like if Harry, Harry jumping on a plane and showing up for his family shows, I think, the place Harry is in in terms of wanting to be there still, even though they've been through such an ordeal. At least that's my perspective. <laughs> yeah. Not speaking for Harry's mentals, you know, <laughs> not speaking on behalf of Harry, but I think it is a grand gesture to go and do that and meaningful. I totally agree, but I also think if it were Harry's way, it would be with Megan and the kids, and I don't think that that they'll be back. Who knows? I mean, I just don't see them with him staying at a hotel. It feels like there's way less security in that situation. He couldn't feel comfortable bringing Megan or the kids over for anything like that. So hopefully the next time he's in the UK, it's for a happier circumstance and not all of these really, really sad circumstances. I know. And that's where I also feel like the firm versus the family, right? It's like, how did he not have a room at one of those palaces to stay? It's ridiculous. Unless by choice. I don't know. So much to you know, conjecture to make here. Anyways, moving on, we did see William headed back to work today. Again, the pressure on William right now because, you know, reports are just talking about how much he's going to have to step up. If Charles reaches a point where he can't carry out his constitutional duties, William will be named regent. He's basically going to have to absorb so many of Charles's public work and engagements right now during this time. But we saw him carrying out investitures at Windsor Castle for the New Year's honors. And as we chat, Roberta, photos are breaking on Getty Images right now of William stepping out at the London Air Ambulance fundraising gala. He looks super dashing, first of all, in this tux, velvet-looking jacket, the bow tie. I think William looks great considering all that he's going through. A moment to step out. But this is totally shocking to both of us. We just noticed that Tom Cruise is a surprise guest at this event. What? I love that Tom Cruise is also there. I feel like he will show up wherever the royals are. <laughs> the overlap continues. Like, this is crazy. I love it. And he's beaming. Like, William already took to Instagram, to his account, to share on Instagram stories. I'm sure his team. I shouldn't say William. But a picture being like, wow, we saw Tom Cruise with the helicopter emoji. I just love their kind of odd bromance, right? I feel like Tom Cruise is recruiting William for the Church of Scientology. (laughs) (laughs) All of the royals. He's trying to get Kate and William on board. It's funny the the height difference, too, in that photo. Like, it is so obvious. Even Tom Cruise's hair is, like, puffed up, and he's still, he's so tiny next to William, who is very tall. Oh, my gosh. I did see some tidbits from some of the honorees at the investitures. Patricia Spruce posted on LinkedIn. She was honored for her work with the NHS and revealed that William told her Kate was being looked after by two nurses who are, quote, amazing and kind. Not too many other MBE recipients had a chance to ask about Kate and the King, but we did get one more little tidbit. William shared that Louis is the one in the family who is likely to be the most prone to rugby. (laughs) He told Susan Taylor, who's the VP of the Rugby Football League, which Kate is patron of. I think the general vibe that everyone communicated was that stiff upper lip and duty. And, you know, we talked about Camilla earlier with the five engagements last week, but I wonder if work is easier right now because on some level we think about it's just a distraction. Like if you're going through a lot personally, like just 
sinking everything into something that's completely the opposite is probably a nice alternative. That's so true. That's so, so true to take your mind off of things when you have some really hard news, like you throw yourself into the work. I feel like that a lot. And that's what some of the recipients of the MBE shared was that William was so eager to ask about their work that they almost couldn't get a word in to ask about. I mean, not that you can really be like, hey, so how's it going? But yeah, that might be also the press strategy (laughs) for Phallus. Exactly. Press strategy for sure. But Kate, we know that, again, she was discharged on January 29th. We don't have too many updates there, but I think William's participation today, many are saying, is a marker that maybe she's recovering well, things are improving. But we I talk a lot about the mental load at Pure Wow for my other side of my job. And I just am thinking about William's mental load right now. He does have Nanny Maria by his side, also Carol and Mike Middleton, Pippa and James. But it's a lot. It's definitely a lot on his plate. I can't imagine finding space for processing what two very important people in his life are dealing with personally. I like to think, too, that like cousins Beatrice and Eugenie have also kind of stepped into the picture to help out. It's like all hands on deck with the family when things like this happen. You know, it takes a village in every sense. Yes. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, our highs and lows, of course, the global low, just that King Charles news that he has cancer, the diagnosis, everything. We're thinking of him. We're wishing him a swift and speedy recovery. And we hope he is back to work soon. I have a little quick kind of funnier low, though, this week, which is before we heard the news about Charles. So I'm going to throw this in here anyway. Just that Saturday Night Live keeps taking jabs at Megan. It's kind of funny, but it also kind of bothers me. Yeah, I love watching Saturday Night Live. I've watched it for the past, I don't know, a few years, like kind of religiously. Sometimes I miss a few. But this is from Weekend Update with Colin Jost and Michael Che. Here's the clip. NBC has announced plans for a spinoff to the hit series Suits, which will be set in Los Angeles. It will focus on Meghan Markle's character's struggle to balance her legal career while also caring for an unemployed immigrant. I love a good joke. I can take a joke. I love SNL. But they're always picking on Meghan and Harry. It's kind of getting out of hand. Well, and of course, the visual is Harry's face flashing up during that unemployed immigrant part. My gosh. Low, for sure. I think my low, although we just talked about it extensively, is just Harry and William. You know, I feel like everyone has the news about Charles, but then every ounce of attention, every headline is on William and Harry and what that status is. And I just think that these opportunities for reconciliation only come during these very pressure-filled moments, but Mm -hmm. we aren't leaving space for the depths of hurt between them. And it's such a private healing that needs to take place. And I think simultaneously my low is just how much we all wish for it and wait with bated breath for news that they're okay but then we're forced kind of to realize that this isn't a fairy tale right now and it ne- i mean it never really <laughs> was we shouldn't it pretend, never really was you know like yeah. it's not it's not that it's just like it's not the fa- the fictional fairy tales is what i mean but it's just I think that our disappointment collectively is like, oh, Harry touched down. Yay. And then it's like, oh, he's back on a plane. Like in that kind of roller coaster for us as royal watchers is a lot. Yeah. The headline I saw was like William and Harry reconciliation is, quote, a fantasy. And I was like, yeah, it is. But it's easier to live in the fantasy sometimes when everything feels like it's going wrong. All right, my high this week is that the first female equerry was hired. The king appointed Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's former aide as the first female equerry. I can't believe there wasn't one before. She was interviewed by Charles personally. Her name is Captain Kat Anderson, and she will become Charles's eyes and ears, is what the source said. Also, this is a little bit of a low, though. 
that hot equery Johnny Thompson that we're kind of everyone's lusting after yes. online, <laughs> including us, has a new girlfriend or at least um, new to us. She's been around for a year. The Daily Mail reports about the first photographs of them holding hands walking down the street were published and Ugh. I know off the market. Kind of a bummer. Good for her. Also, isn't he kind of in less of a public-facing role, too? We're not going to see him as much even in an official capacity. Exactly. Kat Anderson. I'm excited for Kat, though. I'm like, oh, this was a high, but it flipped to a low partially. It's a high. It's a high. <laughs> Yay for Captain Cat. And I love her name. Captain Cat. How fun is that? All right. My high. Everyone that listens constantly requests more Princess Anne love. Well, I have it for you. She stepped out this week wearing a throwback purple blazer beloved by the queen. It is from 2005, believed to be designed by Angela Kelly. The queen wore it a couple of times, mostly in private, but Anne rewore it. And I loved that for her. It was this jewel tone purple with a matching skirt. Loved her a whole look. And I just think Anne in general, you know, we talk about Camilla, but Anne is such a rock for this family. And is continuing to just show up, do the work, be everywhere somehow. And I just doing it in jewel tone purple. I liked this this week. With the queen's memories alive and well. It's very sweet. Her mother's memory. I yes, like that a lot. exactly. All right. Just a reminder before we close, if you like listening to the show, if you like hearing about royal news, if you love just hearing Rachel and I chat all about the royals, please leave us a five-star review. We would love it. We would cherish it. We would thank you right here on the podcast. So please, please, please leave us a wonderful review. We love reading them. It makes our whole week. Reminders to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Send us your thoughts about the big health update for King Charles this week. Info at gallerypodcast.com. We want to hear what all of you are thinking. What did we miss? What do you agree with? Tell us. We want to hear from you. Till next week. God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.